0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth.
1: Presented by Sweet Sweat.
0: Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mike uh, Evans, Mark Schlereth, Scott the Hub, producer of the show. I'd like to thank the five folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and Supplement needs, sweetsweat.com. Check them out, sweetsweat.com. Also, Superbook. We'll hook up with Jay Cornegay later in the program to go over our picks. And uh, let me just start off right there. Um, I am I'm the world's worst. If you just go, and we warned you, come playoff time, go opposite of Mike and I, and things are going to work out well for you. I am 2-8 and eight against the spread. 2-8 <laughs> and eight against the spread. You are uh, uh, are. You, I mean, I'm I'm on the bottom, looking way up at you, and you're only five and five. I know, mediocrity, ruling with mediocrity. At least you're me, I would take mediocrity right now. Two and eight, Mike. Two and eight. Well, I tell you what, I've been getting some bad beats. Well, yeah, bad beats, <laughs> bad beats. So, I will give you this. I will give you this. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> last week you took the the Chiefs minus ten, and there's no doubt in my mind that if. Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they they win that game comfortably. Yeah, and I think was, they. When he went out, they were up like nineteen to three just, or sixteen yeah, it, to three. It, it or something felt like that. a game that was going to get away from Cleveland, but then right. he got then he got hurt and everything changed. So, you, first of all, do you anticipate him playing this week? And if he does, which is is expected, do you give the Bills much much of a chance? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, one, do I anticipate him playing? Yes. Um, you know, the, the concussion thing, being in concussion protocol doesn't mean you were actually diagnosed with a concussion. And he was never actually diagnosed, or at least they didn't report a concussion. They never diagnosed him. He lost, you know, the the function of, uh, you, he stood up and, and was, you know, wobbly kneed, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, most of the time it indicates that you had some type of head trauma, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you had head trauma. But part of the new concussion protocol, and this happened a couple of years ago in a game I called in Houston, where, remember Tom Savage? Tom Savage got knocked, I mean, he got knocked the F out, and he went where, where you get that concussion paralysis, like where your, your arms get stiff, like, you know, and they put him back in the game. And so from that point forward, there was a big push. If you have some type of, either you have that kind of stiffness of a arm or extremity or... You lose the ability to to stand and, and, you know, you get wobbly. They have to pull you out and put you in the concussion protocol. And so at that point, you're pretty much out of the game. Right. That That's the new protocol. So, like, the concussion stuff or the protocol stuff, I, he, he passed a couple of stages earlier in the week. That doesn't scare me. I think the foot is more problematic as far as he, I, he'll play with it. But I think the foot's more problematic than the concussion protocol. So I think he will play. Um but do I think do I think the Buffalo Bills are a damn good team? Yeah, I do. And they're an interesting team because they're going to throw it. That's that's what they do. But they have the ability. I've seen them run the ball with efficiency. I've seen them do things um you know that that would kind of I think they are a more complete team than people give them credit for. And I think the only the only real missing link to me when it comes to them defensively that, that I think they don't do well. I don't think they have one guy up front that is a great, like, matchup nightmare where you have to turn protect. You have to have a plan. Like, if you want to go five one-on-ones across the board and get in a three-by-two formation, you want to get in a four-by-one formation, you want to get in a spread-empty formation— you're not really worried if you're Kansas City about hey we got to we got to find a way to 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 block Ed Oliver or we got to you know we got to we got to find a way to block uh, Hughes or we got like I don't I just don't think there's anybody that really scares you from a a one on one standpoint. You know what's fascinating about this matchup is you have the benefit of looking back at a, a regular season matchup between these two teams, and what jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. Kansas City won that game 26-17 to 17 in Buffalo. They, they won it with their ground game. They only threw it. Mahomes only threw it 26 times mm-hmm. for 225 yards and two touchdowns. But they ran the ball 46 times for 245 yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 26 carries for 161 yards in that game. Right. So... It was it was really a, a, a atypical type Chiefs performance. Do you, do they go with that same kind of a game plan this week? Yeah, this is the thing about the Chiefs that just intrigues me. Like, look at the first drive against Cleveland. First drive against Cleveland. I mean, they they just ran the ball down their throats. Like, they have the ability to be multiple. And one of the things about Andy Reid that I think he's done a great job with them is. They're constantly they're they're constantly doing things from a formational standpoint, from a motion standpoint, just from a just from a play standpoint that are unique. Every week there's something that's a little bit unique about what they do. And that to me is because they are so good, they're trying to guard against boredom. And so like The fact that they have done that, that that's in their past, that they can do that, they're one of the few teams that I've ever watched that I felt like, and I've never felt this way about anybody, not even the teams you know, that I played for or, or that I played on. They're the, maybe the only team that I've ever felt really comfortable saying they have the ability to flip the switch. And I don't believe in flipping the switch. I don't believe that that's how you win. I don't believe that that's a, a long-term recipe for success. I, I don't. Yet they can do it and it's that that's amazing to me that they have that ability. So, Bills win this game if they do what? Well, I think the Bills uh, the Bills win this game if they can consistently produce on the offensive side of the ball in their passing game. And and that comes down to me, do you can you create big plays and can you keep the chains moving? So, one of the unique aspects of what the Bills do is they've got you know Cole Beasley on the inside who is like a quarterback playing wide receiver. He's a guy that that doesn't have a prescribed route so to speak or a route tree. Everything he does is kind of option route. So it's do you see the exact same thing that the quarterback sees and do you see leverage and coverage the way the quarterback sees it and do you adjust your route accordingly the way the quarterback thinks you're going to adjust your route? And the answer to all those questions is yes. So I think he is I think he's a real key especially on third down Mike of stopping Cole Beasley and making making that third down target, making the quarterback get off of that. If they can stay on that, I think they've got a they've got great success rate. The other thing is they're gonna get you into formation formationally, they're gonna get you into, you know, three by one with a back or whatever it is. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna force you, they're gonna force you into situations where you've got one on one on the outside into the boundary to Stephon Diggs. And the thing about Stephon Diggs is this is 80s type of football is, you know, Josh Allen told me, point blank, that Stephon Diggs would drive most quarterbacks crazy because he's never exactly where he's supposed to be. Everything is kind of an adjustment route based on how he feels and how guys are covering him. But I've said this before. I've told you this before. It's not your ability to run fast. Everybody can run fast, right? Everybody, like, what the hell is the difference between a four three eight and a 4-4-2? You know, in, in the overall scheme of things, there's no difference. Like, it, it, it's the same damn thing, right? Maybe it's over like, uh, the course of 40, 50 yards, maybe you got an extra, you know, yard of separation, whatever. Uh, how many routes actually get run at 40, 50 yards? And if you get, run a route at 40, 50 yards, there's a double move involved, and that's how you got open in the first place, right? So, uh, like, we make way too much out of just top end speed. What what separates Stephon Diggs is his ability to stop, his short area quickness. His change of direction, like I had a coach this year tell me something that really resonated with me when it comes to wide receivers. He said, I, "Like I everybody can run fast. It's your ability to stop fast. That's what separates the great ones from the good ones. And I don't know that anybody stops faster or has more short, short um, area separation skill than Stephon Diggs, I think that's why he's the. I think he led the league in in receiving yards, right? I mean, I think I think that's really why. And you watch him, so he'll adjust a route where he's supposed to run a six yard stick route, and it'll be nine yards, or it'll be four yards, whatever. And Josh Allen has such arm talent that he can be a sight thrower. Like a lot of rece- a lot of quarterbacks can't do that because they don't have enough arm talent to do it. So they've got to throw it on time. So you, you were around here in Denver when Peyton Manning, I'll never forget watching Peyton Manning run a drill, and he ran the show. I mean, Peyton Manning was in charge. Like, the coaches would just stand on the sidelines and just, like, watch him run the drill. And him getting after guys like Brandon Stokely, just, or, or uh, you know, or Demaryius uh, Thomas, Thomas, Eric Decker. And he'd be like, mother-effing dudes. When I tell you to run that out cut at 11, I don't want it at 12. I don't want it at 10 and a half. I want it at 11. You want, you know, otherwise, because he relied on anticipation and timing, and he was throwing it to a spot before you got there. Yep. Ball was out of, already out of his hands. Out of his hands. Guys were turning out, out of their breaks, and here comes the ball. And the ball is hitting him in the face. Yes. Where Josh Allen has such arm talent, he's like, you make your break wherever the hell you want to make your yep. break, because I got the arm talent to get it there. There, there's there's only a handful of guys, Mike. Over the course of, of, you know, it's the Aaron Rodgers, it's the Brett Favre. it is the it is those guys that have that kind of arm talent that can be sight throwers and get away with it. Nobody, there's very few that actually have that ability. So we'll make our picks against the spread a little bit later, but just Ugh. picking to win. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. I am too. Okay, I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. How close or how big of a difference? We'll get to that a little bit later on. Without a doubt, Aaron Rodgers had his worst game of the season against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Tampa in October, a thirty-eight to ten loss. Right. He was sixteen of thirty-five for one hundred sixty yards, two interceptions, one of which was a pick-six. He was sacked four times. He had a quarterback rating of thirty-five point four. Does that? Is that? Is that a a Preview of what's to come on Sunday. What, I, how, how do you right. how do you flush that out of your system? Well, I mean, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers has had one of the great seasons of all time, and that was an outlier. Um, and he threw two picks in that game that were, you know, frankly, they just weren't they weren't good throws. Um, one, I think it was Mike Edwards was just basically playing robber, you know, thief, whatever you want to call it. Um, rolling down in a single high safety situation playing the hook like he just he just basically robbed a uh inside route. Uh, the other was a timing route on an outcut by I think Devonte Adams that um, they blitz from the opposite side. and you know and and Jamel Dean just read it like he knew what was coming. He knew you have x amount of time to throw it. and that's one of the things that that Tampa does to you. They'll squat on routes and say we're gonna bring pressure. We're gonna squat on these routes. We know that you have to get the ball out in a five-step drop, you know, without a hitch. And so we'll squat on these, assuming our blitz is gonna get there. See, that's that's the thing about blitzing teams, Mike. And I've always said this: it's not so much picking up blitzes and understanding blitzes; it's the timing and execution of the blitz. Can you get to the quarterback essentially on your on your fourth step? So the great blitzers the great blitzers in the league have this innate ability to count their steps. They've got to get like if you if it takes you 6 steps to get the quarterback, you know what you're not going to get to the quarterback. He's going to have the ball gone. So can you get there if you're coming off the slot? Can you get to the can you affect the throw on your fourth step? Take your fourth step, bam, affect the throw. If you got to get 6, you're you're too late. Mm-hmm. So the blitz is, is a timing and execution thing. Timing the snap count and and hitting a spot to where you can get to the quarterback to affect the quarterback. Tampa does it as well as anybody. I mean, Devin White, I've said it a million times, he plays with a rocket up his ass, man. He is—I've I mean, never seen a dude any more explosive, any more triggered than that dude. Um, their, their ability to bring pressure— um, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a freaking phenomenal three-level player. He can blitz from the edge. He can play coverage or linebacker. He can be a deep safety. Like, the guy has skill set. He can play man. Like, they've got guys that have that versatility to to play uh, all the positions. Murphy Bunting is a really good player. Jamel Dean, really fast, really good player. Uh Carlton Davis is a guy that nobody really ever talks about. That it to me is one of the top cover corners in football. So they've got the ability to bring that pressure and create, you know, create plays on the back end. Now here's the thing: if you can pick it up and if you can, if you can snap it like change snap counts, um, if you can quick snap them so they don't get to the position to blitz, so they 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 have to take that sixth step to get to the, a quarterback. Then you can run your routes a little bit deeper. And you can burn them. You, like you can get big plays on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that is a, that's gonna be a chess match within a chess match between Aaron Rodgers and and Todd Bowles, the defense coordinator for Tampa. I know you love talking about all things Brady. Did you did you see this uh breakdown of what Brady's done since turning 37 in the compared play. to other great yeah. quarterbacks? Yes. Just a quick little say this is in the playoffs since Brady turned 37. Versus other quarterbacks and what they did in their entire careers. careers. Yes. Since turning 37, Tom Brady has 14 playoff wins. He's 14 and three in the playoffs since turning age 37. Peyton Manning had a total of 14 playoff wins. Breeze, nine. Rodgers, 11. Roethlisberger, 13. Okay. Uh, total touchdowns in the playoffs since turning 37. Brady, 37. All time for these other guys Manning 43, Breeze 37, Rogers 46, Roethlisberger 37. And ultimately, Super Bowls. Since turning 37, Brady has four. Manning four, Breeze one, Rogers one, Roethlisberger three. Super Bowl wins three for Brady, two for Manning, one for Breeze, one for Rogers, two for Roethlisberger. This is just. What he's done since turning 37—stupid. It is just it's, stupid. It's it's why he's the world's greatest American. <laughs> well, according to you. I mean, it it, I, it right there. It it proves it. I mean, that's that's you've got proof right there in print. Uh, ridiculous, right? And here he is in the NFC Championship game again. It just is. It's well, not again. I mean, a, a, a championship game. This is the first time he's been in an NFC yes. Championship game, but you know what I'm saying. Fourteen of the 19 years he started a full season in the NFL. He's in a he's in a championship game. You know, the thing about and and get ready, America, get ready because mm-hmm. Green Bay is your last hope standing in the way of what I'm about to say. Tampa Bay looks like a team that's putting it all together right now. Right in the right late time, speed, right, right? Yeah. late speed, yeah. If they win this week, they're going to win the Super Bowl, and then Brady wins again. My question: Green Bay you... is the only thing stopping him from another Brady Super Bowl. They'll win the Super Bowl if they win this week. My question to you, Mike: What happened the other five years that he didn't play in a championship game? Right. What was he doing? Slacking? Yeah. Taking time off. Who were the teams that represent? Who were the teams that got there those years? That's a good question. Well, it was last year. Right. Uh, there was a year that they didn't make the playoffs. Oh, nine, uh, 2002, oh. I think? They missed the playoffs. Other than that, I think the Ravens picked them off once early. Yeah, in a divisional game, I think, I think they the got Jets them. the Jets, with Sexy Rexy and Mark Sanchez, knocked them off early. Really? I think so. Wow. Kept them from the AFC Championship game. What well, about the year the, the Ravens... The the Ravens won the the championship with Joe Flacco. That, no, that was the year they knocked him off. They like knocked him the off early. Ring. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And maybe the Colts did it one year. Uh, I I am reaching, but yeah, only five times. Man. All right. So who you got? Um uh, I think I think the Packers win. Me too. Just straight up Packers win. Yes. Now, as far as how they do against the spread, yeah. Gotta turn to the expert. All right, as promised, uh, Jay Cornegay from uh, Superbook, America's Best Bet, joining the program right now. Jay, it's, it has not gone. Last week did not go well for me, Jay. I went 0-4 against the spread last week. Mike was a dominating 2-2. and Right now we stand against the spread in the playoffs, although I did crush him in the regular season. But in the playoffs, where, where it really counts, the playoffs is where it counts, Jay, uh, Mike is 5-5. and in the uh, playoff picks, right? Yes. And I am 2-8. 2-8. <laughs> oh. Could you imagine if you're going to – I've been telling you to go opposite of what I pick all uh, playoffs. You'd be you, – you guys you guys would have to close down. My that's, that's what would have to happen, Jay. You'd have to close down.
1: <laughs> well, I know looking at those records, I definitely want to see if Mark can get a Superbook account. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I I, 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 mean, we
0: joke, but literally, if you had just gone against us from the start this season, and just bet whatever we did opposite, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be it, you'd be crushing yeah. it right now. Yeah, yeah, crushing it. And these are the. <laughs> I mean, Jay Cornegay would be putting you up in a suite with all the buffets you could possibly. Eat. No, I'm telling you what, it just is. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jay, just take Jay, take mercy on me, you'd pity be a, on me. You'd be please. a whale. That's what you'd be. You'd be a whale. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, all right we well, have some
1: pretty nice sweets, guys. That's we, right. We really have some nice sweets, and anybody that has a two and eight record is always welcome. We just <laughs> roll out <the> red carpet. <laughs> well, see, I'm the guy there you want to go to Vegas there you with, go. Mike. There you I'm go. the guy there's you want to go with because all this. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're gonna you're you're gonna eat free when you go with me. All right, so here we go. We'll let Mike. Uh, we'll let Mike start it off. Uh, go ahead, Mike. With the NFC Championship games, you've got uh, the Packers and the uh, the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then, obviously, you've got the Bills and Kansas City. So, where are you going? All right, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Uh, boy, they looked really, really strong last week. Uh, they'll, they'll be playing at home. Brady won't be bothered by playing in the cold, although he is getting older. You know, maybe the blood's thinning out. He, he's been spending all that time in Tampa. But Aaron Rodgers just is, is has been exceptional. And I think he also had the added benefit of – uh, the thumping that Rodgers and the the Packers took earlier this year, and, and I think that will will help serve to be uh, a huge motivating force. So I'm going to go with Green Bay to uh, to win and cover uh, the what three and a half you three said and a half, three and yes. a half. I'll take Green Bay, and then yep. in the AFC game you have Kansas City uh, with the assumption, of course, that Patrick Mahomes is playing. Boy, you you saw uh, as much as I give credit to to Kansas City for being able to gut out. And, and and really play a gritty football game after Mahomes went out. The thing I noticed was just the stark difference in Kansas City with Mahomes and without. If Mahomes doesn't get hurt in that game, I have no doubt that they, they win that game by two touchdowns, fifteen points or more. Yes. So, and then I would have. Then I would have. I'd be one and 3 you They'd be one and three. Exactly. Yeah. So was over four. Uh, so uh, so I think it, as long as Mahomes is playing uh kansas city's is 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 more than three points better so i'll take the chiefs all right the chiefs minus three all right i'm gonna go ahead pick and then we'll let you kind of uh discuss jay so um here's the deal i'm going exact opposite of you um because you suck and i need uh i need all the help i can get to at least make (laughs) this respectable so I, i do like tampa bay I like Tampa Bay's defense. I like the speed and athleticism with which they play. I like the, fit, fit, uh, the the fact that they blitz and they bait you into some throws. Aaron Rodgers threw two picks. I think he had five all season. He threw two against Tampa Bay. Um, they have that ability. Um, I don't know that they win, but I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going Tampa Bay there, and I'm getting the three and a half. And then just, you know, for the sake of uh, argument and trying to trying to reel you in here, not that I can reel you in, but at least make it respectable, um, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills um, getting the three points. So that's what I say, Jay. Uh, I suck, but uh, that's the way it's going to go.
1: <laughs> well, I know you, you said you suck, and you said uh, Mike sucks too. So <laughs> right. Yeah, Mike's not good either. Yeah, I, I, just, suck I, a, I just suck a little less.
0: Mm-hmm. All right,
1: well, I'll give you a mini-sweet, Mike. Um, but uh, looking at this, you know, the first game, the Bucks at the, the Packers, we actually opened this game four and a half, and it was all Tampa Bay money. It came rolling in and drove the line all the way down to Packers minus three, as you mentioned, now we're back up to three and a half. It's really weird. This line is basically saying that these two teams are even, which I don't agree with. I, I agree with Mike. I, I like the Packers. Uh, they, they have a little bit of revenge factor as these two teams met in October. Remember, it was a very similar game to what we just saw last weekend where the Saints kind of you know uh, built the lead, they blew it and got blown out. Green Bay did the same thing against Tampa Bay in October in Tampa Bay. I think Green Bay was up about 10 nothing. Rogers threw a couple of bad picks. Next thing you know, the Bucks roll them but I think it's going to be different. But one of the key factors in handicapping this game is the Bucks are, do, are, are doing that three-game road trip, and we all know about that fact that it's very, very difficult to win three straight games on the road. So Packers there. The other game, Bills at the Chiefs. Of course, this is all about Mahomes. If Mahomes isn't in there, we could be looking at the Bills like minus four, minus four and a half, maybe even more. As you mentioned, the Chiefs are a totally different team when Mahomes isn't in there. I don't think he's going to be 100%, but I certainly believe he's going to play. We opened this game at 4. Mahomes got uh, hurt. We reopened at 2.5, thinking that he was going to play. It's leaning that way. Now it's back up to 3. As people bet this game, they're all over the bills. So that's two underdogs, the public, is on. This will probably be the first time in a long, long time, maybe ever, that the books are going to need the two favorites in the conference championship game. So this is going to be very interesting to see how the betting goes over the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we were talking about it earlier, but I I really think that my bigger concern for Mahomes is his foot. Um, You know, the concussion protocol, I think you'll clear the concussion protocol. He was never actually diagnosed with a concussion, so I don't know if that Expediates him getting through concussion protocol. But the bottom line to me is the foot was more concerning uh than the head issues. So we'll see exactly how that plays out. But um Is that I, I'm with smart. you guys. Is I that think it plays that
1: they would take a shot uh on, kinda numb it a little bit, or how do they treat so,
0: that so so let me just tell you from that position. So I, I played a whole playoff series. Um, when I was in Washington, I played against uh, Atlanta. We beat them 24-7, to, to seven, I think. Then we played. The NFC Championship was against Detroit. We beat them 40-something to 10 or something of that nature. And then we went to the Super Bowl and beat down the Bills. And I had a high ankle sprain, so I had my leg shot up for all three of those games. Um, and my whole foot would go numb. And it, really hard to play that way. I think for a quarterback... Um, I think it's almost impossible because you have no feel of your feet, and your feet and your sets are so important. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one that for Mahomes, because if you numb up, if it's his foot or if it's toe or if it's plantar fascia or whatever it is, your whole foot will go numb. And there's like that's just one of those things that I I just don't know that you can play that way as a quarterback. Jay, let me forewarn you here because this is the kind of stuff that Mark and I talk about. So, uh, Mark, I have – Had times where I have like sat on the toilet for about twenty five minutes with a you know good magazine and my foot's fallen asleep right and the just trying to get up and walk was impossible right how in the world did you play football. Well, I mean, I'm, we've all been there. One. You know, the toilet asleep foot. I mean. Right. Yes. The toilet asleep major foot. Major <laughs> affliction. Yeah. What's worse is the toilet asleep hand. Then you're not sure what you're doing when you're cleaning yourself up. That's even worse. So you got to be careful well, with I, I warned you, Jay. Yeah. You've got to be very, very careful. You give me all of a sudden you roll around and the next thing you know, you know, your, your no, finger breaks there. through the toilet paper stop and then. There.
1: Oh, oh, oh. All right, Jay. Listen, man. It's always well, a everybody knows there's a six-minute limit on the toilet. Okay, six. You can't read an article longer than six minutes. Six. <laughs> man, I'm just warming up by six.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> you see, that's a, that's a problem, man. I'm I'm in and out. Oh, I, I. It's hey, that's my sanctuary. Listen, you got young kids. You're looking for a place to go to be able to have some alone time. I got you. All right. Well, hey, listen, Jay, man. We really appreciate it. Um, Hopefully, I hopefully I, have a, I can make a comeback. Because if I win, if I go three and zero in the next three games, then we're tied, five wins apiece. Correct. Yeah. So that's what's got to yeah, happen.
1: Mike goes over. Yeah. yeah, gotta go yeah Mike's got to go, go,
0: go over. Yeah. Mike can do it. Yeah, I, I've I, seen hey, him go over hey, before. Hey, hey, don't put it past me. Yeah. All right, Jay. Listen, all the best to you. Thank you so much. We'll be. Uh, we'll check back in with you uh, next week. Sounds great, guys. Have a good one. All right, that's Jay Cornegay from Superbook, America's Best Bet. I'd like to thank Superbook for being one of the sponsors to the show. I'd also like to thank our fine folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and supplement needs. That's Sweet Sweat at sweetsweat.com. Uh, for Mike, for myself, for Scott the Huff, we thank you so much, and we'll be back with you after championship weekend.